wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening. Oh, we are so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Brooklinen, HelloFresh, and Liquid IV. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who always goes down the canal sideways, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian! Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Yes, Suez Canal is what that is about. This is a clean show. Um, and what? perhaps How for the last... How could you even take it any other way, Christian? No other, there's no other way. There's no other way, uh, either to your joy or to your uh, dismay, uh, assuming you listen to the shows and episodes. The last time you have me mention uh, the Kickstarter for my comic book, Consequences, it ends... The 31st is the last day to go back the book. Um, got a shout out from Jim Lee, which was like made the whole thing worth it. Just a dream come true. And you can find a link to it uh, on our Discord or uh, Reddit, my website, ChristianSpicer.com, pinned on my Twitter. Book's called Consequences, and I'm super proud of it. And also, I pushed large barges sideways through canals. <laughs> large barge. That's uh, my bike is in the Alamo. <laughs> Basement of the Alamo. Um, we have a big show for you. We got lots of stuff to cover, lots of video games to get to, some monsters to hunt, I think. But we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Director and Lead Creative. Because we have the creative director at Skybound Studios, as well as the writer of Mortal Kombat 11, Injustice 2, the creator of comic books like Heart Attack, a prolific individual. And our friend, Mr. Sean Kittleson, is back with us. Hey, Sean. Well, thank you for building me up. Woo! Well, I'm just reading reading your bio. It's not even, you, you have built yourself up. In fact, I will say, since the last time you were here, you have become the creative director at Skybound Studios. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm head of creative uh, for for Skybound Games. It's Skybound Studios. We can call it Skybound Studios, but Skybound I, Games proper. I'm sorry, I should be the be the overall that. entity. I have to get it right. Uh, if if I don't correct you, then they'll be like, you had a chance to correct him and you didn't. Why didn't you take it? Why, <laughs> sorry, why, why I should have I should have gotten it right to so you wouldn't have to correct me. So you explain to me how this has happened and what what that role is. Sure. So I I joined Skybound to make a game, um, and that game got canceled, which was a bummer. Uh, but uh, in the course of making that game, I, I acquitted myself well enough that they asked if I could help out on some other projects that they had running. And that one thing led to another over the last last uh, year and change. And uh, I now oversee the Walking Dead franchise, uh, other Skybound IP like Invincible, as we might develop that. Uh, nice. and, and then we also have a slate of original titles uh, that I've been working on uh, where we're, we're going out, finding great teams that we believe in, finding games that we want to back and, uh, and publishing them. 
uh, because once we got through the final season, the Telltale game, it kind of set up an apparatus for Skybound that we we always had this licensing business on the one hand for The Walking Dead, and then we started to build this publishing business, and now we're kind of putting it all together. So less licensing, more development, more funding games, more publishing games, and uh, we've got Before Your Eyes uh, hit it up on Steam uh, out April 8th. It is a blinking game. I don't know. If you've heard of this yet, oh, um, blinking game, oh. it's a blinking game. Uh, it is a game where uh, your life will flash before your eyes, literally, uh, as you find your way into the afterlife. Uh, and without spoiling anything, uh, every time you blink, uh, you pr- pr- advance in your life. Like you, you will be in a memory. You will be sitting as a as a baby, uh, seeing your parents, and they're feeding you. And you'll be like, I want to stay here. And then you'll blink involuntarily and you'll move forward in time. And and you can imagine how heartbreak ensues. And this is called Before Your Eyes? Before Your Eyes from Goodbye World Games. It's uh it's it's a team that that came out of college with a really cool demo and uh was pointed out to us by Carlos Lopez, our social manager. Like that's the thing, it's a team effort at Skybound. So anyone can bring a game in and be like, I believe in this. And if that's we awesome. if we can get it done, we do. So I'm yeah. super excited. I can say I think I was aware of this game. I'll be vague. I'm very excited for this game, Sean. I, Christian's I, a huge fan of blinking. Well, <laughs> honestly, Sean and I have talked about it. Yes, every video I start, I'm like, uh, uh, like a big dum dum. So the game's going to be over for me in a blink. Um, but no, I I love the idea. I love the premise. Um, I'm I'm super excited. It it sounds awesome. From a from a design standpoint, there's something really. Uh, cruel, but also awesome about the loop that they've set up, which is you want to keep your eyes open. That is a physical strain to begin with. So there's a limit to how long you will keep your eyes open, but then they make you emotional. So you start feeling like you're going to cry. It makes it way harder, way harder to keep your eyes uh, where they should be. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful little game. I'm really excited uh, for people to get their hands on it. So check out before your eyes on steam. That's my plug. I like plugging other people's stuff and on my own. That's one of the nice parts of this job. Now your job is canceling your own game. Like you're the guy who cancels <laughs> your game. <laughs> it is uh it is a it is a funny position to be in. Well, I'll say I'll say this, because I guess, you know, a lot of a lot of people listening probably wonder like, what's it like in the industry would besides making the games? Like what what on what happens on the publishing side? What happens in development? How do you do something creative uh for yeah. a publisher? Um and it it's it's actually the only reason I think I can do it at all is because I've spent so much time working with developers over the years, right? I don't think anyone should come and work at a publisher and do the kind of work I do without working with and for development studios first, because uh, you need to learn a lot about the sympathies that you should have for your studio partners. And I find that, you know, one of the, the best things that I can do is like be a good champion for games on the publishing side um, and help connect those creators with the right the right brand and marketing <laughs> and the right you know, making sure like they feel that the, they're represented well to every team that doesn't happen in every publisher and every, every studio gets a different experience with every publisher they work with. So we try to be like the best friend. Uh, <laughs> we're like, listen, we know we're not as big as Activision. We, <laughs> we don't have a billion dollars, but we'll be your role. Well, well, we won't be your voice. We'll be your people. Cause you could be, you could be anyone and come to awesome. us with a game. Yeah. 
What a cool thing. And you're enjoying this new, this new role. Are you still able to write as much as you would like to? Not nearly as much. And, you know, sometimes I get bummed about that, but then there are other times where I have a sense of perspective with my career at this point where I feel like I did kind of write my things that I wanted to write. Like I sort of, I, wow, I hit this bucket list item one after another and it was very satisfying, but I also found like where the limits of that satisfaction is. Yeah. And the joy is not getting to check boxes off on your bucket list. The joy is the time you spend doing it. Um, And right now, like I'm getting to work with so many different developers and there are teams that when we say like, Hey, you know, we're going to green light your game and publish it. And when they're like, this is our dream game. That's when I feel like, okay, I'm, this is, this is like a higher calling, I guess, than trying to push my own work. Wow. Um, I try to see it that way. I try to like take on the responsibility of, of having to be able to, to recommend something for a green light is a big responsibility, right? Um, you're deciding whose game matters and what games matter. And yeah. I feel like uh, you take that very seriously. That is awesome. What a, it sounds, sounds like a really cool uh, next step in your career. And I'm, I'm glad that we're able to hear about it because I don't think I'm we've stoked. really heard that per- particular perspective on this show, uh, which, is, no. which is really cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, and I, you know, it's a job that doesn't exist everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I think more places should have, have someone who's mindful of uh, creative development with an eye toward design and, uh, you know, brand narrative. Very cool. All right. Well, let's jump in the show now and start the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also ask us questions and comments, whatever you'd like to do. We love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also visit our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com, or our Discord, which is 5x5dlc on Discord. Fantastic folks hanging out in both of those places. I urge you to be part of it. But Sean, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? So I, I don't want to be like the person who dumps on anything, but like, what's up, Comic Con at Thanksgiving? <laughs> I, like, I literally brought this up at dinner with my wife. Uh, I was like, "You got to hear this, honey. You're not going to believe." I mean, my wife is not tied into Comic Con. You know, she's not she's not hanging on the news for Comic Con. But, but I bet even she, she knows was about like, Thanksgiving, right? Yes, like, she's probably she, into that one. She's like, who, "Who are the ad wizards that came up with this one?" You know, I'm also I'm married to Jerry Seinfeld, but um, no. So what? So yes, Comic Con is happening as a live event, not a virtual event, in 2021, which already that's huge, right? But the way yeah. they're making this happen is it's going to happen over Thanksgiving weekend. Over Thanksgiving weekend for an indeterminate number of people for an undetermined price uh, that may or may not include validity of rolling over a ticket to from 2020. Right. I, I don't know. There's 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 so many weird catches to it, and it just seems like I think why I chose this as as my story beyond it it actually landing this weekend and thus being like relevant. Like it wasn't the story that came on Monday. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I'm sure or like Sunday at midnight. The right? Monday story is going to be never mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we heard you. Uh, Thanksgiving was a bad idea. Not happening. 
Well, yeah. I, I imagine that might happen, right? I, I think, and, and you know, look, Gamescom is, is going hybrid, which I find really interesting. And we don't know what once everyone is, or once a, once a, a large enough portion of the population is, is vaccinated where there are, there is opportunity to have more than a few hundred or a few thousand or even a dozen people in yeah. a room together. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting it's going to be a very interesting year for games and game promotion because you're going to see some some organizations try to put together the traditional in-person event or the semblance of one. But the fact that it's all going to be so limited uh, feels like it's going to be much more of the experience of like, if, you, if you're in, you're in. And if you're not in, you don't want to be there because it's really going to only be for the people who are in and most people are better off watching at home. Like it's not going to be a thing people can enjoy the same way they would a a true convention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure you've been to Comic-Con. I've been many, many years. I mean, it is shoulder to shoulder. Part of the, part of the fun of Comic-Con is standing in line with strangers overnight for things. It's, um, you know, bumping into folks, it's getting close to strangers and taking photos of them in their crazy costumes. It's, you know, so I would imagine there were some conversations with the Comic-Con committee about like, you think summer's, you think we can do summer? Can we do summer? You think we can do summer? And I, I, I think I would like to give them at least enough credit that they didn't try to push it for summer. Cause I imagine there were some folks in that room going, we can do summer. Summer can happen. People are, we're, people are getting vaccinated. By summer, we're going to be golden. Did you hear the president talk about 4th of July? We can right, do this. Right. No. So I think I, I would like to give them at least a, a little bit of, of credit for not pushing for that. But, you know, even if you grant the notion that we will be safe enough to attend an event like that, by November, which I hope we are. It it seems like that's a possibility, at least. So if we grant that, if we just take that off the table and say safety in general is not an issue, it's still Thanksgiving weekend. After a pandemic. It's like, yes, exactly. Like (laughs) people weren't able to do Thanksgiving with their families last year. You feel like this year Thanksgiving is going to feel even more precious. Mm -mm, mm -mm. There's one uh, after... 18 months of not being able to see my family, I am going to work a booth at (laughs) Comic-Con. I am going to be making sure that those cards are out and restocked, and I am going to make sure that I get my inventory from that's backed up, take it back to the Suez Canal, all my pops, all my action figures. I'm going to make sure they are there. We're lining up exclusives now. Because, I mean, that's the thing. If this thing happens and it's anything like what it otherwise is i mean you're scrambling now right like it's a scramble of like uh you know i don't want to put you on the spot sean but it's like are are you guys gonna be there (laughs) no i've been making the pilgrimage i'll be real yeah i've been making the pilgrimage since 2010 uh the first time i came out i was working for dc comics but i flew myself out because i cared so much like they were like we're not gonna fly you out but if you come out We'll find a hotel room to throw you into. We'll get you the badge. You'll get like vipped into things. Great. So I, I came out uh, myself and uh, Victoria Setian, who's now uh, 
I, I believe an executive producer over at Avalanche Studios. Um, and, and we were like the young, eager kids. And we came to Comic-Con and it was magical. It was so magical. And the first <laughs> couple of years in particular, the second year I went, like from then on, I was kind of working at it in, in various ways. And I think I've, I've worked all the Comic-Con jobs there are to work from like booth duty to Hall H panel uh, and, and hosted a Hall H panel. That was, that was fun. But like, once you do all that stuff, it's like, what's left? And it's just the people. And I can guarantee you the people I really care about seeing are not going to be there because they all love their families. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and same for me. Like, yeah. It's, I'm curious about, and, and I have a lot of love for, I lived in San Diego for years. I volunteered at the organization. I've worked it professionally. Um, I think we all have covered that gamut of like being fans, being there on panels and, and, you know, and working. very grateful for that, right? Yes. Like not yes. taking it for oh, granted. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is a volunteer organization and they need fun and all this stuff that goes into it. Um, but I'm curious if there's, you know, pressures or like, Hey, you want your booth space for 2022? You got to bring something to 2020, like all of that stuff. It's just, it's complicated. Well, I can't In-person imagine conventions are complicated. The bit, you know, the, I, I think you're right, Christian, to bring up the rank and file, right? The the guy who's brought, bringing his long boxes from his place, you know, halfway across the country, his comic book store, and he's there on the show floor. I think or the pinup artist who that makes their year. Yeah, you know, well, like, right. you know what though? I, I'll say this: that hasn't been San Diego for a while now. You're like, right. Right. I mean, there's still an element of that, but you're absolutely right, Sean. And and that's where I was headed. Is like the the next le- level up, what San Diego Comic-Con has become is the place where the entire cast of the Marvel movies yeah. shows up. And I can't imagine you're going to be able to get talent to commit to Thanksgiving weekend in the same way. You know, a lot of these are c- contractually obligated, but a lot of these folks, are uh, these above-the-line folks, are in the position to <laughs> make their own demands, to, right? To and have say, Thanksgiving. No. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that that is a, a, a weird shooting themselves in the foot. And the only thing I can imagine is that they looked at the calendar and went, okay, so if we want to do this thing this year, we got to do it close to the end of the year. What's a holiday weekend that people can travel? And I feel like they settled on this one because it's one of the only ones at the end of the year. It just seems like such a boneheaded decision. I, 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 well, and that's the thing. So to give them the, the, the benefit of the doubt, like when it seems like such a boneheaded decision, sometimes it's, there's a bonehead that made that decision. <laughs> that, that's just what it was. And, well, and, you're going to go the other direction and be like, sometimes it's a really shrewd. And, well, <laughs> but, well, like, no. <laughs> but sometimes, and I think in this case, what, what it could have been, and I don't know you know the people involved in making this choice. Um, they could be boneheads, but, uh, <laughs> giving them the benefit of the doubt, it's possible that there is some kind of financial, like they, they have alluded to financial uh, purposes for this in, mm. in their, what, what limited information they gave to the press. Like they didn't tell you how much it would cost. They didn't tell you how many people would come. They didn't even tell you anything about what would be there. They basically said that we really think this is going to help us financially, which you know, kind of, kind of would help. Cause I don't think they're getting by on stimmies. So yeah. I, yeah. I doing think, something uh, yeah. instead of doing nothing will help us financially. <laughs> but also like, I, I just can't imagine what made Thanksgiving. Appeal. I mean, it's, it's like, it's one holiday away from saying we're going to do Christmas. You yeah. could say comic con Halloween at comic con actually like that. Yeah, that's makes a cool sense. idea. Yeah. It's so on brand. 
Like, but also nobody gets that day off. I think that they're trying to find time where people can go and spend four days at a but, con. But nobody but, gets a day off July 26th. You know, I mean, like I know yeah, people are taking true. vacations in the summer, but it's it's always a, been a burden like, like for yeah, time wise to go. And, and even it's funny, like the more years that I've been there and the less return that I've seen on like, you know, initially it was great to do the networking. Now it's more just meeting up with people I already know and, and less of the networking. But then, you know, what do you get out of it? Like promotion wise? Yeah. It's not much these days, like, like because it's such a loud and, and noisy place. So like you said, the Hollywood element has taken over. Yeah. Um, and there's not well, much, much point to it. Like it's, it's losing itself. I will say the the one, the one uh, silver lining on, on this, from my perspective, I'm not going, I'm not going over things. There's no universe where I'm going to be able to go, even if I could. But the silver lining is standing out in the heat isn't going to be quite nearly as bad. You're not going to be uh, sweating in your costume quite oh, as sure. much. We take our tiny victories where we can get them, I guess. Hey, if uh, they want to shift it to fall or even February, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. They used to have New York Comic Con then, and then they moved it. For some reason, they thought it would be better off closer to the other big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is always very, very hot at Comic-Con, is my point. Uh, <laughs> all hey, right. Please. Well, uh, we will stay tuned for that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if there will be any other live events that are announced in 2021. Everybody seems very, certainly eager to come back, but also uh, hopeful. I think there's a, uh, a level of thinking it's possible. I, I suspect 2022 will really be the year when conventions come back um, in, in, some, in any real way. But Comic-Con. You know, making a play, making a play. Try, trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, um, I'm announcing the first ever DLC fan convention on your mom's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> your mom's birthday. <laughs> Whenever your mom's birthday is. <laughs> Everybody's mom's birthday. We just celebrated on everyone's mom's birthday mother's day would have been would have been an easier oh, thing yeah. for us to do but we just what, went with everyone's mom's birthday your mom's birthday uh it would have been it would have been the year of martha at comic-con on mother's <laughs> yeah, day. yeah your mom's birthday is today too yeah um, yeah it is um for me it's it's xbox uh so playstation feel free to buy me my back is available for these tattoos that everybody used to show off at conventions microsoft I feel like I've already bought you. I haven't paid you nearly enough. Uh, Game Pass is just the deal that keeps getting better and better. They had their uh, gaming, I was on Twitch, their ID at Xbox showcase, and 20 indie games are launching day and date. And I thought it was a really, aside from the games, which we can get into, I thought it was a really cool kind of presentation, again, from Microsoft, showing something different than what we had seen from them before. Like, now we've seen a couple of different looks, right? There's the the Microsoft direct approach kind of thing. Then there was the Bethesda round table where it was like, we're friends, let's hang out. And I was like, <laughs> I do want to hang out with you. And then they did this Twitch showcase with all these indies. And it was all again, really, really cool to see the, that, that personality come through in all these games. Um, so I like that they're playing with getting that information out because we're not going to Comic-Con. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the games themselves. Um, yeah. Oof. I mean, they showed, over 60 games, yeah. 20 of which will be launching day and date. Uh, I mean, this is textbook. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable the breadth and variety on display. I, I just, I don't know how any of these, 
anybody makes money in this business, quite frankly. Good luck, Sean, by the way. It's, uh, <laughs> but, it, I, I'll tell you what, like, but, but speaking of that, like that is, that is one of the things I, I this, it's all a continuation even from the, the San Diego conversation, because like this again is a, another example of how, look how we're advertising games now. Yeah. Right? Look how we're launching and announcing programs and stuff. And what you're seeing with Microsoft, for example, is less of a concern on the Microsoft side about how much revenue they are generating from any given title. They care that there is engagement uh, yeah. to add on their platform. They're selling the value and promise of that, uh, those hours of engagement to to the end users, and uh, and they're they're making that big long bet that we've all been watching them make on Game Pass, and and I think it's going to work out for them in the long term, honestly, and and seems to be working out for a lot of studios as well. Well, do you have any insight into that? I mean, it's something that we've all on this show we've we've speculated about quite a bit. Is how does this business model work for publishers? I mean, we've seen a number of news stories where publishers that have been added to Game Pass report things like 3,000% increase in revenue and downloads. And you go, well, how does that work? Do you have any insight as to how studios uh, do that? Well, without going into anything that I, I shouldn't be saying outside of an NDA, um, I think... Uh, the, the value in it, there's there's tremendous value that comes with being pushed by a platform, right? Mm-hmm. So so think about the ways that you discover new content. Um, a lot of times you discover things through social or through influencers, but you also discover things when you turn on your Xbox, your PlayStation, or your Switch, and a game greets you. Um, and yeah. if there's value in anything, it's it's that is the value is how can you be surfaced and discovered by as many players as possible. And then you look at a game like Fall Guys, for example. Uh, Fall Guys is a great game, and there's nothing about being on PS Plus that made it a better game than it was, except for the fact that it was on PS Plus, and tens of thousands of people who never would have tried it, downloaded yeah. it, and played it, and filled it with life. Um, and that is, a, I think, you know, I worked on the the Hunter Call of the Wild franchise uh, for Avalanche, and I recall for them, Xbox Game Pass was a huge boon. Why? Because they had made a game and shipped a game, and now they were focused on selling ongoing content for that game as a platform. And without, with, by removing the barrier to that game of purchase and putting it on Game Pass, suddenly people were buying the DLC because they got a chance to, to try it. And that's, I, I think... You know, for a lot of developers, there's value in their DLC. There's value in the number of downloads. There is data to indicate that a lift on Xbox Game Pass also equates to lifts on other platforms just because of general awareness that, yeah. that was generated out of it. So tremendous value. I mean, Skybound has a game that was featured on the site at Xbox, uh, the big con, uh, which which I think... Uh, I don't want to say too much about it. I'll let, them, I'll let them talk about it. But Dave Proctor and the gang that's making that game is uh, there. There's something special. That's cool to hear. I, I was blown away by a number of the games that we got to see some of during that stream. Christian, do you have any, any standouts for you of the yeah, massive list of games? So for me, uh, the ascent looks incredible. Um, like co-op shoot em up, run and gun RPG I don't know isometric it, it it checks all the right boxes for me especially for right now um 
uh, drink boxes next game. What is it? I'm sc- scrolling through this list. Um, uh, Nobody saves the world. I love oh, Drinkbox yeah. Studios. And this game was like their take on kind of a JRPG. I, it looks incredible. Um, and I think Drinkbox not, you know, launching on Game Pass and not, I've associated them with uh, the Vita and PlayStation for forever. That's always been like the lead console. So I think that's cool. Narita Boy, which comes out very soon, which I really love that demo. It's nice to I see that. I thought that was out. It wasn't out though. It was just a demo, right? The demo is out. It launches like, as people are listening to this, it's like the 31st or something. Okay. I played the demo because you played the demo. I, I like <laughs> I like that demo. And then Art of Rally is the other one I'm super excited for people to get to play. I uh, gushed about that game a while back on this show. And it's like an isometric, bright um, rally game that's really cool. It's uh, it's a little harder than some rally games because of that isometric view. You, it's like you can see in front of you, but not quite as far as you want sometimes. Yeah, and then and then the, and the last one. If I'm going to throw in an easy one, the fact that um, Stalker Two, like that's a that's a big game. <laughs> like you can call it an. I mean, it's an indie, sure, but that's a that's a big game. That's a big game. Yeah, I I want to add a one that I've had on my Steam wish list for I don't know a year, uh, and I cannot wait for. And it's one of the twenty that's going to be day and date on Xbox Game Pass. It's like what a gift. Uh, it's called Sable. Have you seen? Mm, yes. Oh yes. my god! This the, game's beautiful. Beautiful. It looks there, like yeah. an animated anime or something. It's, it looks. It just it incredible. Yeah. It so I'm super excited about that one. Um, did you have any others, uh, Sean? That you that you are excited for? Man, I've, if I don't say Big Con by Mighty Yell, it'll be like I didn't <laughs> choose my own. <laughs> sure, sure. But anything that you're not, you know, actively. Uh, but but for. aside from that, no, I, I'm 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 very excited. Actually, Hello Neighbor Two, Hello Neighbor yeah. One was very interesting, but that's also that's like, big. Well, yeah, and and I'll say like this is going to sound like a dig. It's not a dig. Hello Neighbor One was kind of like Assassin's Creed One. Where it was like, oh, look, there's some interesting ideas, but this isn't really a game yet. Yeah. And I'm really looking for Hello Neighbor 2 to be the one where it feels like, hey, you took all your interesting ideas and now you made a game that feels very complete, just like Assassin's Creed 2 did. But Hello Neighbor also is, I know we don't go to stores like we used to, but it it's Target. You know, like they merchandised the heck out of that game. And so to have that game have that install and that brand awareness and then for xbox it's like at some level they're both both brands are kind of piggybacking on each other right it's like xbox is using these indies to up the value proposition of game pass and these indies are like we're on xbox up their value proposition and some of these games i think it really is you know uh holding hands across the finish line as they kind of raise the waters for all boats stuck in the suez canal i think is how that uh saying goes well Um, i think i'll say this um (laughs) Particularly for games that are developed in North America uh, or in the United States, rather. Um, I think a lot of games wouldn't be happening right now if it weren't for uh, Xbox Game Pass, Epic Game Store, uh, trying funding exclusives. Um, all yeah. of all of the funding that is out there right now to for this content revolution, right? Like it used to be about revenue. You made a game strictly because of the direct revenue you generated for it. But now the value of your game to someone else is that it is content and hours of engagement that are competing yeah. with film and TV and everything else out there and audio dramas yeah. um, and comic books. So like a lot of these games probably wouldn't happen like, like, or, or they would, you know, happen on a smaller scale with the government grant, but 
but they're getting supercharged. Yeah, and it's wild to see a lot of that is is quite frankly the COVID effect, right? It, it was happening this way already, but it got really turbo boosted. Uh, and we saw that in the film industry as well, you know, where it's like, oh, okay, Black Widow is going to come to Disney Plus the same day it comes to theaters because the world has changed. And now exactly what you're saying, it's no longer just how many tickets did we sell at the box office? What's that opening weekend? Now it's how does that content fit into our, you know, our strategy across multiple verticals and all of our, you know, our pan synergized global, uh, you know, strategy. It's, it's, oh, it's not even that complicated. I wish it were <laughs> like, it's, but it's so much more straightforward or it's just like, they know they're competing for, for eyeballs. Like, it's yeah. just like, they're like, we need time. We need your time. What, how much is, uh, how much can we give you to convince you we're worth your time? Um, that's why here on DLC, we are an audio show only. We, we don't care about your eyeballs. You know, uh, hey. he said on the video version of the show. Just because I was <laughs> muted uh, on the first part of the video version of this show. That's, I would. No, we're, we're going video. We're going video. I think we're going to, we're going to start putting these up on uh, YouTube as well. Right? I will gladly, Jeff, launch DLC episode 385 day and date on Game Pass. Um, so next, sorry, Sean, you not have this to week, really next week, next day. week. He's, day just, day. he's just, he's just begging at this point. Like every single week, it's a new, please send me money. Look, this it's, is an it's Xbox. Pathetic. It's pathetic. It's sad. Let's Look, talk. this is a day one. <laughs> <laughs> this Christian, is it's a day one, 2013. I can't believe that was eight years ago, guys. Oh God, it's I feel so old all the time. I just want to say, Christian, it's, it's, you know, it's been a long time since you've been in the dating world, but you got to pretend like you don't need it and then they'll give it, you know, then, then they want you. So you got to pretend like you don't need Microsoft. So you're saying that, that flurry of knocking. emails I sent this weekend was not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. Oh, no. uh, speaking of uh, selling out, here's our, I want to talk about our first sponsor, which is a sponsor I'm, I'm proud, proud to discuss because Brooklinen is a, Phenomenal company. We Sean actually knows the owner, right? Hey, Sean? Rich. Hey, Rich and Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're like uh, hung out with the owners in in college. It's, yeah, it's no, old amazing. old NYU friends, uh, lifelong friends. Uh, and I feel like them. you know they have made my my life better. They have made my sleep better because I love my Brooklyn and sheets. I'm not just saying that because they're sponsoring the show. I genuinely love these sheets. Uh, just the other night, we we you know we put other sheets on our bed because our Brooklyn and sheets were uh, dirty and in the laundry. And I was like, I can't do this, honey. I can't do this. I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled with the Brooklyn and sheets. And hey, it's not just sheets. How's your comforter looking? How's your comforter? Did you know that Brooklyn has comforters? Is your comforter maybe a little uh, a little lumpy, a little deflated? Maybe you need to. To boost that baby up, get yourself an upgrade, a refresh from Brooklinen. Brooklinen creates beautiful, high-quality bedding and home essentials across a number of different categories. And they work with manufacturers directly to give you a fair price. No middlemen, no markups. Their comforters are lightweight. Actually, they come in a number of different varieties. You can get the lightweight one. You can get the all-season and the ultra-warm so there's one for every type of sleeper and lifestyle. There's even the weighted comforter for stress relief. I've never used one of those, but I hear they are very comforting. Oh, they're like, 
They're almost too comforting. <laughs> you just don't ever want to get out of bed. If you have an eye mask on and a, and a weighted comfort, like forget it. You're just not going to move. Do they work just the same well way dead. as the weight of the crushing anxiety that I always have on my shoulders? Yeah, that's, I, that's how it is. Uh, no, it, it's yeah. It's, 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 it's there, so you yeah you offload the uh, anxiety onto the comforter itself. Um, anyway, the there are um, also a, a variety of materials, including the eco-friendly recycled down alternative, so you can feel good. Your conscience can feel conscience can feel good, and uh, the Brooklyn and comforters pair perfectly with their sheets, pillows, and duvet covers. There's a reason that Brooklinen has over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. I adore mine. I really, really... Slipping into freshly laundered Brooklinen sheets. They're tight and crisp on my bed. Woo! Nothing better in the world. Treat yourself to the umfer- ultimate comfort or the ultimate comfort. You know, whatever you want to say. Ultimate comfort with Brooklinen Comforter Collection. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code... DLC to get $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and promo code DLC for $25 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Brooklinen.com, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code DLC. And if you want to know even more about the connection between Brooklyn and video games, Rich Fulop once competed at the Best Buy in Union Square at EA's FIFA, like professional level uh, uh, competition. Uh, wow. He was a sick FIFA player. So that's amazing. We played many a video game together. Good in the sheets, good with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to leave that appreciate in. That. I I'm going to leave that in the episode just despite <laughs> you, Christian. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> All right. Um, my story of the week. Oh, you guys left me some juicy ones to, to uh, pick from. Um, I want to talk about this uh, potential Switch Pro that we're hearing more about. I know we've talked about it before, and we probably shouldn't talk about it until it's actually a real thing. But I'm excited to talk about the rumors because we've talked about the the screen, which had leaked or at least um, you know a rumor of what it could be. That sounds fairly well sourced. Um, and the, the fact that it may support 4K outputs when docked and will have an OLED, a, a sharper OLED screen already has me excited. And when we talked about it last time, Christian, you will recall that I insisted that we were going to hear more about how it will have a beefier processor in it. Well, turns out I was right. Uh, it sounds like, according to this newest rumor well, from Bloomberg. Out, you will recall this thing I'm going to go out of my way to mention again. Yeah. Turns mm-hmm. out. Nailed I was right. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, according to Bloomberg, the upcoming Switch model, which may be called the Switch Pro, will have uh, new NVIDIA GPUs and will make use of their DLSS upscaling technology, which is phenomenal, by the way. Um, it really does. If you see the difference between DLSS switched on and switched off in games, it's pretty shocking. I mean, it's an extraordinary technology. Um, just to deep see how it's super sampling. Like it sounds fake, yeah. right? Like deep learning, super sampling. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it is, it is dramatic. And the fact that the switch will support this, I think is pretty cool. Now, individual games have to support it. So it's not a, uh, retroactive thing that, you know, 
uh, Breath of the Wild or Odyssey or any of the other games that have been released on the Switch already won't just magically have DLSS. But um, one hopes that there will be patches or upgrades to some of those, at least the bigger titles, to support it because um, it's it's pretty dramatic how much better it will look, especially on a large screen when docked. Um, and the, uh, in addition to that, Bloomberg is reporting that the new NVIDIA chip will support a faster CPU and more memory, although they didn't have specific specs to share. Um, the big part of this that Bloomberg is predicting is that with all of this upgraded tech, it may cost more. Now, part of Switch's dominance, real, really, uh, the last few years, the, the selling like hotcakes, a lot of people have attributed to the fact that it's so inexpensive. Some suggest that 350 bucks is a starting price, maybe even as high as 400 bucks for the Switch Pro. Sean, what do you make of all of this? Uh, do you, are you a Switch user? If so, would you upgrade to Switch Pro? I would, because especially now, I think that we're into the PS5 and Series X and I'm playing more 4K games on my TV. Playing my Switch could, could feel like a downgrade. So I'm sure I'd I'd like to, to upgrade it. I think actually that they're, they've left out or they haven't left out. This is all speculative reporting, but I think the thing that would really sway me more than anything would actually be like an improved form factor, uh, something, something mm. lighter. I still have the original switch and, and I don't know if they've, they've uh, shaved a few grams off it at, at this point, but um, it's, it's not comfortable <laughs> to hold or you I've, I've learned yeah. like, there's just no position where this thing actually makes sense, except just docked. And it's just not controller. made for adult hands. Yeah. Right. It's made yeah, for little did. kid hands. Yeah. They just don't work with it. Um, yeah. So I, so I would like that, but I do think, look, if they bring out something at a higher price point, I don't see it being any problem because we've got tiers of hardware all across the board now. Yeah. And you can accommodate that. I think if they, if they bring it out and they stop manufacturing the baseline switch um, and we have to deal with the kind of uh, supply shortages that we have on, on, everything else in 2021 yeah, right uh, i'm not like super excited i'm like oh great they're using nvidia chips they're, those are abundant like, like <laughs> luckily uh, there's nothing blocking the major inlet to all of shipping yeah. right now <laughs> um, so so in that to that extent i'm a little bit skeptical of of like how big a splash a new switch can or will make in the in the near term if it if it even appeared in the near term i think i think they may have a little more of a ways to go yeah, interesting. Uh, Christian, do you recall if the when they came out with the new 3DS, if they still sold the old 3DS or if it replaced it? Do you recall? I don't. I do not recall. I know there's a little overlap for a little while, yes. uh, and I don't know if or when they they phased it out because I think the new was either bigger and then like the smaller was still the other size and they had the different price points and they had the 2DS also. Um, right. I don't I know. I had a 2DS. Yeah, I had a 2DS. I was one of those people. I loved it. I <laughs> it's loved so my 2DS. funny that they made a 3DS and then they made a 2DS, which was literally the big thing that we marketed. The whole identity of this thing we removed and still sold it. And then they did that again with the Switch. It's the Switch, except it doesn't switch. It's just, it's, yeah. it's crazy to me. They did it twice. Twice. 
It's called Picture the 3DS because it's 3D. Ah, here's a 2D one. It's called the Switch because it switches between handhold and, and big screen. Ah, here's one that doesn't. Did it's you guys wild? Did you guys not buy Ring Fit Adventure? That's just a jug of ice cream. Like that's my favorite <laughs> game. <laughs> I've been playing that way too much lately. I'll be honest. Me too. Friend of the show, friend uh, IRL James Stevenson has been tweeting Salt and Straw pictures. Mm. And uh, he was like, they deliver. I, you know, we're relatively close to each other. I bet you can get it. And I was like, 10 Dude. p.m. Salt and Straw delivery. It happened. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Jenny's over Salt and Straw any day of the week. Oh, yeah. We get I'll, Jenny's delivery frequently. I'll yeah. take the one that comes to my house at 10 p.m. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. We got, also, we got some uh, Wanderlust that, this week. Also excellent. Oh, I haven't tried that. Oh, yeah. Check out Wanderlust. Okay. They've got like it's it's Twist a different texture than Jenny's, but but they've got some real like freaky flavors. You'll dig it. Oh, uh, dude, Jenny's uh, brambleberry crisp. Yeah, the jam. Also, don't follow James on Twitter if you don't want to buy ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't wanna> buy. <laughs> well, we're uh, far away from the switch, but I, I'll yes. say this: I do think you're relative to the idea of of games needing to be patched and stuff like that. Again, looking across at the other consoles and PC and what we're seeing. Uh, we're, we're not at parity between consoles and PC by far, but at least now we get performance mode and quality mode. And I think yeah. at the very least, uh, we'll, we'll have to have that for a lot of games. Um, it's also, I mean, look, it will be amazing to see what games could do on what switch games could do on more powerful hardware, because so many switch games have just been um, uh, optimized to death. I mean, you yeah. look at a lot of games that they dissolve, you know, into the, their dynamic resolution scaling is not deep learning. Right. It's just like, right. all right, <laughs> just make it pixely. Just drop it to 240p. We'll get 30 frames per second out of that. Okay. Yeah. There until we need it. Then we could go back to 360p. All right. Like, that's a lot of Switch games. So, yeah. Like It'll be interesting away. to see when this launches, how it launches, what games will require it. I'm on record, Christian, in my predictions this year that. Uh, the new Zelda is going to require it, and it's going to be a launch game for the Switch Pro. Yeah, we'll that's see. not that's that's wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will buy this, assuming I'm able to. You know, I will sit here and say I'm, yeah. I don't. I'm not going to buy it. I already have a Switch Lite. I have a regular Switch. I'm not going to buy this. And then I will be sitting at my computer f5ing, trying to buy it. <laughs> I will fight other families <laughs> in between panels at Comic Con on Black Friday. <laughs> yes. I will get that sucker. Yeah. All, think of all those poor families going to Comic-Con unable to trample each other in a Walmart. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what? I'm going to guess. I'm just going to guess, having been to many a Comic-Con, that the people who would trample someone on a Black Friday are, are the same people that would trample someone for a yeah. signature outside Hall H. It's a so. bit of a Venn diagram. Yeah. Uh, I, I will, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Thank all you, right. fans. <laughs> for, for our careers <laughs> exactly um let's get into the games that we have been playing in the segment that we call the playlist sean you have been playing the game of the moment uh, a game that i don't think christian or i has been playing so i'm very glad to have you here to talk about Monster Hunter Rise. Speaking of the switch, of course. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that I played it because I put some pressure on myself this weekend. Be like, I, I'm going to play this. I, I don't want to show up at DLC. I bet Jeff and Christian are playing it right now. <laughs> I don't want to be left out. out. We didn't play it. <laughs> so but it still worked out. It worked out in the end. Oh, it worked out great base. for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Monster Hunter Rise. So to give anyone a background of, of Monster Hunter, uh, it is a game in which you hunt monsters. Um, through various biomes and in between hunts, you eat and craft and uh, buy new weapons and sharpen your weapons. And uh, again, eat, you eat a lot of bunny dango uh, in this game. Um, and there are cats and there are dogs and they will accompany you on your journeys. Living and together. Mass hysteria. It, yeah, it is. It is mass hysteria in this <laughs> game. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Monster Hunter World, if you played that, is like the high-res, uh, most beautiful possible version of a Monster Hunter experience. Monster Hunter Rise is, is definitely not that, being that it is a Switch game. Um, but it is very beautiful, e- even as a Switch game. Um, uh, it, it, it's using, I believe it's using the RE engine. And I think this might be one of the first times that, that, uh, that a Monster Hunter game is using that engine. Um, and I would say if you're familiar with Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter Rise is going to feel very much the same until you get to the wire bug, which is like Spider-Man's thwip, but with a lightsaber effect on it. What? Uh, and it's a bug that you literally throw this bug out there and it like zips a wire and pulls you to it. And so you don't just have to attach it to something. You can throw it up into the air and it will pull you up in the, into the air. Uh, you can throw bad. it down and it will propel you downward through the air. Um, and you can, you start with two and they have a, they have a cooldown on them after you use them. So you can't spam it and just zip all over the map. But once you figure out how to combine wall runs and jumps with the wire bug, uh, the game has a sense of verticality that you've never seen in monster hunter before. Huh. Um, and there's no fall damage. So you could kind of, you know, can really get brave and 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 take some uh, take some leaps of faith with with your wire bugs, and uh, it's it's excellent. It's a ton of fun. Uh, I've I've put I probably put about five or six hours into it at this point, and I plan to put many many more. Um, the loop is just so satisfying, right? You you go in, you you explore, you gather a lot of stuff, you hunt these monsters. They all have different behaviors, learning their behaviors, tracking them, and and figuring out your best strategies for bringing them down. Uh, I've made my avatar because I'm playing it with, with my son, Clark, uh, my constant companion. Uh, and, and we made uh, the avatar out of his mom, my wife. Uh, <laughs> and then we made our dog as our, the Palamute, which is the dog and Amazing. the Palico as the cat. Uh, we made Clark. <laughs> so it's like mom, Clark and the dog. And then I am the owl who only shows up infrequently so much like in real life where I just, I'm on zoom for 12 hours a day and I come out like, ah, nobody talked to me. I'm the dad. <laughs> uh, that, just like that. Uh, the owl shows up once in a while, but this is the thing. This game is super customizable. Um, it is bright. It is fun. It is musical. It has, it has a beautiful soundtrack. Um, it, it is, if you've never played a monster hunter game, I don't think the series has ever been more accessible than this. Uh, really? Yeah. Without a doubt. And the thing that I will say, though, a criticism that I will that I will put out there as, as not just a criticism, but as a as a plea to all game developers everywhere. Um, watch how many times you make me click to get out of your tutorials. This mm. game is so 
over tutorial that there are things that I just wish it had a little call out on or something, but instead, yeah. it, you know, it takes you out of the game, gives you a big pop-up window, gives you your tutorial text. You say, okay, you skip through it. And then it still gives you another, like, do you want to exit this tutorial? And here's the thing. These things can stack like one after another. So you'll want to exit the tutorial. Yes. And then take a step. And now you're in the next tutorial uh, and yeah. you have to want to exit that as well. So please, please. I don't know what it is. I think Japanese gamers must have a higher tolerance for this because you don't see it as often in Western games, but it's definitely a thing I see in Japanese imports where it's just like, I don't somewhere in the localization process. No one is allowed to say like, guys, Guys, we're just going to make people angry with this. We should probably <laughs> fewer clicks. Um, but that aside, it's a delight. I got pretty into Monster Hunter World, which is really the first Monster Hunter that I played in any measure at all. Um, and yet, even though I had a lot of fun with that game over many hours, I still feel like I'm on the outside looking into the Monster Hunter series. I still feel like eh, it's probably not really for me. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what it is about Monster Hunter. It, there's a tedium that I feel comes with it, a, a, a grind that never... I mean, there's a grind to a lot of games I love that I don't think about. But for some reason with Monster Hunter, the title is synonymous with a, a certain grind that when a new one comes out, I just go, that's probably not for me. It's it's. I understand. I, I could actually... I think this game, I don't know that I'll beat it. I didn't beat Monster Hunter World. I tend to play these games for 20 to 25 hours and then burn out. Yeah. Um, but along yeah. the way, there's something about that grind that I do find enjoyable. Like I had the, one of the very early missions is just hunting for unique mushrooms. It's such a, I, again, I was like, like, no fault to the people who localized it, but come on, unique mushroom was the best. <laughs> like, that's what I was searching for. Like, we need yeah. a unique mushroom. Look like, find a mushroom, but make sure it doesn't look like any of the other ones. So, of that's, course, yeah, you know. I'm now scouring the map. Every mushroom I pick up, I'm like, this looks unique to me. No, it does not change anything on my quest counter. Okay. Then finally, I happen upon a mushroom, but it, it literally just says unique mushroom pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And finding those, though, and like the journey to finding those, like became a hunt. The timer was on the clock started kicking down. I start getting in fights with, with monsters that are distracting me from my mushroom hunt. Right. Uh, and I did at the last moment, like find one more mushroom and it felt triumphant in a way that I think, you know, I never got into wow. And I know that's, that's a big one for you. And like, it is. but I think, I think it is the similar thing. There's a certain mundane grind that if you find your groove in it, you yeah. find like a, you could find a lot of joy in that. Totally. I got so I, close I, to downloading this. So, like, the reviews are all so glowing. And Firebug! What more do I have to say? Yeah, I man, played, that sounds I awesome. I played the demo, and I was just like, I should love... The, I read the reviews, and it sounds like everything... It's like the monsters marked on your map, and the verticality, and the movement. It's the most combat action-oriented of all of them. And I just... I don't... I just don't know, but I'm so glad that it's getting stellar reviews. And I think... It's like one of the highest selling Switch games in Japan, like physical of all time. Um, it's only been out for a little bit. Like its launch is huge. It seems to be taking off. Um, have you done any of the multiplayer stuff? Because the game, Monster Hunter is all, not always, but often kind of two parts, right? There's that single yeah. player and then getting together for the bigger monsters. And then uh, Rise it seems even divided more. I forget the names, um, but there's like one area. It's like, that's a single player campaign. And then it's like, 
get together with buddies. I'm curious how that works on Switch, because when I think Switch, I don't think great online co-op. No, you think better have Discord. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, um, but yeah, I think uh, the way that you access it is through, there is a courier Palico in the, the main hub that you just talk to and you decide if you want to drop into different you know multiplayer variations. Um, haven't, haven't gotten into any of that yet myself. Um, and maybe I will. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get there. I, I tend to enjoy my soloing. Uh, in the games, because there is that, I don't know, it's, it becomes, I make it the Dark Souls experience for me of just going up against things that I can't possibly beat and, until I until I one day do. Um, but it is, relative to world, once you get past all of that dense tutorialization in the beginning, um, it is, there's a lot less friction between you saying, I want to go out and have an adventure, and then going out and having that adventure. It feels, I don't know, there's there's less waiting. There's less even having to navigate the hub. The hub itself is a bit smaller and more constrained. I don't feel like I'm running all over the place in between quests. Um, so yeah, I, I it's an optimized version. That's the, the thing that's funny. I kind of want to play it on my Xbox or my PlayStation or my PC or anything but my Switch sometimes. It's like, <laughs> oh, it looks so much prettier than anything else. But uh, But it's a joy. Monster Hunter Rise, uh, Christian, you should buy it. Man, don't. You should buy it. Don't. No, you should see, buy it. What saves me is that April 1st is day and date Game Pass, Outriders, Narita Boy is yeah. like tomorrow. Um, there's enough there. But man, I was on that eShop hovering multiple <laughs> times. You may cave because I. the thing I read a, a Polygon, I think had an article up about it. They felt that it was an incomplete game. Uh, not not necessarily because you can't play it, but that after if you put 50, 60 hours into it, there's not a, much of an end game there yet. And they, you know, story wise, they they apparently set it up and there is no doesn't add up to anything. They set up an end game that's coming that's to be determined or to be oh, that's released. Interesting. To be DLC'd. So yeah, I, I imagine, Christian, this won't be the last time that you are assaulted by Monster Hunter Rise on the eShop. And just like we were talking about the value of platform placement, like it's just gonna be that you're just on your home screen. You're just gonna be like Monster Hunter Rise is even better. Flip 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 wire bugs. Like there you go. Flip flip. I, I, that part to me is the most compelling. I love a good traversal in a game. Give me a good traversal. I'm in. It is a game changer. I, I like at first I was like, this isn't that different, but it's enough different. Once you really, there's a lot of stuff they don't for all the tutorials. There's a lot they don't tell you. So go find your guides online and, and bone up. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is substantially different to be able to scale vertically uh, and hunt vertically. So what else is on your playlist, John? Oh boy, we'll we'll ramble through. I know I got a lot of them. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Uh, Clark and I've been playing Rayman Legends. Uh, nice, he's obsessed with it. Uh, he's drawing so many Rayman cartoons now. He wow. even had us print a, a photo of himself so he could cut his head and hands and feet and body out without arms and legs to Rayman himself. Amazing. Um, so it's captured his imagination. It is hell for Daddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is not a game for children. These, this is a game made for like Billy Mitchell to come try and set a yeah. world record with. Uh, this, <laughs> I, I have reached the point we've got over 200 teensies. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I 
I, every time he asks me to play it, my wife gives me a look because she knows that it's like, can you go roll a boulder up a mountain, daddy? Because you're, <laughs> you're a daddy, so you can do that, right? That's the thing you do on a regular yeah. basis. You make video yeah. games. You should be able to do this, daddy. Uh, it's it's punishing, and it has. I was really resonating, Jeff, with your <laughs> your gripes about Super Mario 3D World because it has the similar bubbling mechanic, right? Uh, and and there are some infuriating uh, things that can happen. For example, uh, it, it, the camera will follow whoever is the furthest toward the goal. Right. So if you're in say a downward descending level where you have to slowly float Mm. or hover your way downward, if someone was to say like, butt stomp, (laughs) just try to shoot to the bottom of that. Well, here's what I get left behind. I pop into a bubble. He hits a a bed of thorns waiting below. He turns into a bubble. And we do that. Yeah. Many times. And it it could get, and I've had, I've said, I'm like, I don't know if this is a game we should be playing, buddy. He's like, I just love it, dad. I just love it. I'm like, I don't, but like, you're just going to see a side of dad that I don't want you to see. Like, (laughs) this is too frustrating. Amazing. Uh, so yeah. Rayman Legends, uh, if you want to use your thumbs. Very cool. Very, very cool. Are you guys, are you playing that on Switch? Uh, playing that on the PS5. PS5. I think it's nice. back compatible through PS4. Uh, very cool. Yeah, uh, that's the Clark effect. I end up playing, playing what he's drawn to. Um, also been playing Loop Hero. Um, yes, On Steam. Too. Love it. Oh my goodness. It's so addictive, that game. It. You know what it is? It is. It is addictive. I do it in the way I would do heroin. I was like, Bob, really, at the end of my rope, I got nothing. Loop yeah. Hero. I can always turn to Loop Hero to make Take me feel me away, good. Loop Hero. Make, yeah. Let me think of nothing. Let yeah. me just be numb and click. It's, uh, it you know, I really, I really should go to bed, but maybe I'll just do a, a little Loop Hero. And then yeah. it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm strung out on Loop Hero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's dangerous. It's wonderful. Uh, it's, it's a great, I I'm fascinated by games with really spare mechanics. Um, universal paper clips is one of my favorite games of all time. I'd put it in my top 10 list. Yeah. Um, uh, so loop hero highly recommend on steam. Uh, yes, your grace. I played through game pass. Um, yes, your grace is a, uh, I don't know. Have you spoken about it on the show before? I think we had a, a guest who talked about it. Uh, really intriguing. It, it's like um, um, uh, it's a it's almost like a text adventure, right? Yeah, it's a, well, it's a it's a monarchy management simulator. Yeah. like it's a narrative sim is maybe right. the best way to to describe it. Um, you make choices and decisions, and and a lot of it is portrayed through dialogue, but there are also you know sort of discrete values and and things that you're trying to to uh, shift in terms of your resources and the state of your kingdom. Sexiest, uh, sexiest bald man. Like how do you get <laughs> these things? <laughs> but it is, it is a, it's a fascinating game. Uh, I think, I think I tried it because it's on game pass. They try to across PC and console and really did not enjoy it with the controller. So recommend that one as a, as a mouse a point and click game. Um, wrapping up on the PC. I've played some Valheim, uh, mm. Here and there, where I can, I get the hype. I will never play it for. I'd look at some of the hours on my, <laughs> my Steam friends. Yeah. Of like, oh my god, where did you find sixty hours to play this? You're uh, like, oh, by the way, I built a cathedral in Valheim. Yeah. I'm like, what? I have a yeah. stick. I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of the things that I've built. I'm proud of the the, the adventures that I've had. Uh, you could probably hear my dog. 
uh, I don't know what she's barking at. Proud she's, also, also proud. She's she's, she's barking in, in favor of Valheim. Yeah. yeah, she's in there grinding to harvest materials to make that cathedral. She's like I'm, I'm blabbing that. She's probably like, you can probably hear my dad blabbing on his in his office as I'm playing Valheim. Oh man, um, and and we don't need to talk about Valheim though. It's got enough uh, enough love. A game that I think I would love to to shine a light on real quick is Trials of Fire by What Boy Games. Um, hmm. Daxkin and Adam, I'm forgetting uh, his last name all of a sudden uh, from Rocksteady. Uh, have done an amazing job on this game. It's it's uh, the Rocksteady, some of the old Rocksteady brain trust coming out and making a card based narrative RPG, um, which is uh, again a really. There are lots of games that are sort of combining card battles and and RPG gameplay and light yeah. narrative and all this stuff. But Trials of Fire does it with with. A really great flair. And oh, this looks so much like my jam. I was not aware of this game. The this is very new, Jeff. Like the yeah. open book, narr- like everything oh, is like is my jam. Pa- pages and has like a tactile feel to it. I, I really think it looks cool. It has oh, it has a ta- very tabletop vibe. Like it's got a, and it's it's beautifully made. Like, All right, I'm buying it right now. It's sixteen dollars. We're I'm doing a show, it. Jeff. Come on, buying it, Christian. <laughs> my credit card number is one two four seven two. You buy. Buy Monster Hunter Rise. I'm buying this, and that's e- even Stevens. Yeah, Dude. that's how we. That's how we make it. I'm going uh, camp. I'm I'm going camping, and I'm like I could. It's Adam Doherty. I'm 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 kicking myself because I I I want to make sure I shout him out correctly. Adam Doherty, I love you, man. I'm so sorry that I uh, that my I fried dream. my brain with with controlled substances. Um, Trials of Fire by What Boy Games. Like if you if you like. Tabletop RPGs, if you like yes. card battle games, yes. if you like like dense fantasy narratives, yes. if your name is Jeff Kanata, like there's just a few. <laughs> I have I have now purchased it. Um have you played a uh, Gordian Quest, Sean? I have not. Dude. Allow me to return the favor. Ooh, I like uh, this. Yeah. Get Gordian Quest. It is my current game of the year for 2021. We're you know only a few months in, but I'm feeling it's gonna stick around. It is so good card-based battle system all right story-based rpg really fun systems a cool upgrade stuff like just the coolest the coolest reward system i've seen in a long time there's so many different ways to upgrade and uh, options you have in upgrading super cool gordian quest so I'm gonna try Trials of Fire, but you get. I think you I'm know. buying it. I'll, yeah, I'll, it's good stuff. One, one good, one good. And my credit card there. number is two one eight four. The shopping spree episode of DLC. Yeah, uh, listeners get mad at us because they're like, "You guys, you talk about all these games that sound cool. I buy them. I don't have enough time." Please know that us hosts of the show also feel the same way. Oh Guests yeah. come on, talk about cool games. We buy them. It's not. It's not. Good. So I don't know. I could, I could, yeah, it's this, none of this is glamorous. I mean, I play games for for a living. I play good games. I play some really bad games. Mm. Some games you'll never play because no one's ever going to fund them. But uh, dude, I that was play... between that was my. It was a pitch. It was late at night. Come on. Do you? Do you I, I'm going to get you. I, uh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. ahead. I'm just going to ask you to talk out of turn and be like, if you get a game and somebody's asking you to publish, do you? And you know right away that you do not like this game. Do you force yourself to play it for a certain amount of time, or yes. do you be like, "Yes, yeah, yes, okay. I do." I do. You're a professional. <laughs> well, I do because I think there's. It's really important to check my own biases, like, yeah. like constantly. And even if I play something and don't like it, 
I will usually throw it over to my team and say, Hey gang, check this out. I'm not going to tell you what I think of it. Right. Right. I want to hear what you think. And, and sometimes I dismiss things and then the team comes back and tells me like, we all really responded to this. And then I'm like, well, I'm really glad that I don't just rely on me. Yeah. Uh, that's great. That's great. I mean, I think that's, that's wise. And I'm glad to, to hear that. Uh, oh no. Like, like it's too much pressure, man. I don't want to be the only filter. <laughs> sure. um, I'll, I'll, I'll break under that pressure, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's good to hear that these, these sort of these quirky RPGs that we love are, uh, are finding homes and okay. finding, finding families. Um, not a quirky RPG. It's probably been talked about to death, but I will just say I've never played and beaten a final fantasy game. Um, I've actually directed final fantasy ad campaigns for square back in the day, but I've never really played the game. And so Kenny Omega is my favorite wrestler. I love him. Uh, Kenny, I love you. If you're, if you're listening right, right now, uh, sure he is. final fantasy seven remake. Kenny's, finishing move is the one wing angel. And, and I need to understand that reference. If, if I really want to call myself a Kenny Omega fan, um, <laughs> guys, I didn't know this game was so good and everybody talks about, it, but I always tune out when they're talking about final fantasy. Cause I'm like, that's not a thing I know. Uh, but boy, final fantasy is really good. Final fantasy seven remake. Uh, very, yeah. Impressive, impressive gameplay. I don't, I don't think any more needs to be said that games would talk to death. No, no, it's cool that you're digging it as much, especially as a non-Final Fantasy fan. What what drew you to it this time? Were you like, okay, this is the one I'm going to actually play? Legitimately, it was Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, okay, well, you made that clear. It, it, just right. re- it just came to a point where I was like, uh, am I really a fan if I met him? <laughs> and, I, and I tried to like like riff with him. Like, would he be like, listen, I'm not really a Mortal Kombat guy. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> off to a bad start. Like, how am I going to recover? Do I know Final Fantasy VII? Yes. Like, so that's my angle. I love it. It's <laughs> incredible. Uh, all right. Well, um, let me take a second here and thank our second sponsor, which is HelloFresh. I made a HelloFresh meal tonight for my family because it's an integrated part of my weekly routine. We get three HelloFresh meals a week. It saves us, saves me. I'll just talk about me, not my family. <laughs> me, personally, saves me so much headache. HelloFresh is a, uh, a service that gives you fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes, and they deliver them right to your door. So what does that mean for me? It means that I don't have to do the things that I don't like about preparing food. I don't have to figure out the menu I don't have to go, what are we going to have this week? And then invariably fall back on my same old standard things I know how to make. And I also don't have to go to the grocery store or have the grocery store delivered and get a whole bunch of ingredients for specific things that I'm going to make that I know I'm going to have little bits left over and they're going to just go in the trash. You know, I buy the only um, this amount of thing, but I only need this amount of thing. So the rest of thing goes in the garbage. It's not... Not great. All of that solved with HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out the meal planning, the stress of meal planning, the stress of grocery store trips these days. So you can enjoy cooking. I enjoy it now. It's amazing. Get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. And the variety of menu that we have now in our house. You get over 23 recipes every single week to choose from. Featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients, so you never get bored. 
It's so great. You don't have the same rut of meals every week, week in and week out. And if you want to eat healthy, it's never been easier. You can do low calorie, carb smart, vegetarian, pescatarian options every single week. One of my favorite parts about HelloFresh is getting on the app weeks in advance and picking out the stuff that I'm going to have, you know, weeks down the line, picking from those over 23 recipes. It's really fun. It's also cost efficient. You end up saving about 40% compared to shopping at your local store. And because they're doing the pre-portioned ingredients, you're not overbuying. Like I said, you're not throwing stuff away. And you can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. It's just the best way to do it. HelloFresh has been part of my life for literally years. I would never give it up. My wife, my family and I, my wife and I, we love it. And it, it is really the cornerstone of our week. It is how we, we build our menus around HelloFresh days. So you can get that in your life as well. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC. That's HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC. And then use the promo code 10DLC for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Again, HelloFresh.com slash 10DLC and the promo code 10DLC gets you 10 free meals. Check it out. All right, Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? Yeah, so I don't think we've talked about this. Um, And Jeff, I don't think you've talked about this. This is another Jeff game. And this one's not going to cost you a pretty penny. Um, aside from like my Fortnite addiction, which I don't need to keep talking about. Um, <sighs> the crew the, isn't enough for you? I mean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, where was I? Um, woo, um, Magic Legends is the game I want to talk about. It I'm is so surprised you're playing this. Out in open beta. Um, let me get this started so folks can see what I'm talking about. Um and it is, it's Diablo um, with the added mix of your powers now are cards and come from a deck, which adds a really interesting layer to that Diablo formula, in my opinion, where sometimes I really like it from where I am in it, just a couple of hours, not it's like an open beta still, but they say that this is pretty much the game. It's not going to change that drastically between now and release. Um, so your powers, you know, it's showing it now. You have this, your whole deck that you build out, which is very much magic, right? Like that's what magic is, has always been known to me. It's a CCG. You're battling and you're having your cards and you're building your deck and you're going out and you're laying them down and you create this thing and you create your wizard for, you know, all intents and purposes and you go and battle your friends and your planeswalker Christian. Come on. I, I said for all intents and purposes, my good friend, um, you spend too much on them in high school and you lose constantly. Like that's what magic is <laughs> for me. <laughs> and, and to see this being that, you know, Diablo approach, clickety, click, 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 click battle action game. But with this, um, deck mechanic, I found super intriguing. And so, I really like this deck mechanic, but I maybe it changes as it gets. I don't know if I if it makes the game better or if it's just an interesting wrinkle because the way your powers come up after you use one, and again I'm I'm early, uh, so maybe this changes. But after you use one, it kind of goes back into your. It's been played and it 
has a cooldown or shuffles back into your deck. So your next one is going to be different. And so it's in Diablo, I very much get a loadout I like. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing now. You know, like I'm going to do this, then I'm going to back away to do this. Well, this repowers and I'm going to fire this power off and I'm going to come back and do this. And now I'm spamming this as much as I can. And in Magic Legends, I can't do that. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, number two, I'm going to use number... I've never seen that power before. <laughs> like, what is, what's happening? I, I'm a necromant, uh, and like that, zombies are coming. And I'm like, this is really interesting. I want to do that again. <laughs> well, I can't right now. Okay, so it's it's super fascinating wrinkle on what otherwise feels like a um, Diablo clone, and so that aspect of it I think is super fascinating and worth downloading and playing again it's free i'm playing it in the epic store but i also think they have a direct uh download for it as well um my nits about it right now are that diablo 4 looks so good like magic legends does not look like diablo 4 even two years ago at blizzcon when i last played it like there's some voice like the not the cutscenes, but like the in-game cutscenes where like characters are talking, delivering some of that narrative. Like the voice sync doesn't seem great. The character animation feels Diablo three esque or something. It doesn't have that polish of what I'm looking for in even Diablo Immortal as the mobile game or Diablo four. So it's just like, oh, I really like this. This is so much fun. Should I wait? <laughs> Do I not want to get burnt out on click, 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 clicking? But I yeah. think I think this card mechanic is really cool, Jeff. Like again, every game, as Sean mentioned, every game is using cards and decks and deck building in some form or fashion now. But yeah. this is farther than I am in the game. But you can build like a blended deck also, uh, which I think is something that's super fascinating. Instead of just reallocating your skills, it's like, oh, I'm a necromancer, but I can also pull these powers from this type of character into my deck to build this thing that I want it to be. Um, I think that's what will keep me playing is to get to that part of the game and to see how that opens things up. Cause that sounds super intriguing. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize this has gone into open beta. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm super excited about this game. Yeah. It's, free uh, is Diablo. I mean, Diablo four is not coming out soon. It's no. not, but Diablo three still on my computer, Sean, like, you know what? <laughs> Diablo two will be on your computer soon. It will. Diablo two will yeah. also be on my computer soon. That's oh, yeah, the, the remaster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad being a, a kind of graphic snob, but that's that's the thing that kept me. I mean, aside from my Fortnite addiction. Um, well, and you've got a thirty eighty. I, I know. So you gotta, you, you use it. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. And I hate because I, I. Yeah, it's it's. I appreciate good art design. Again, there's. A, I think there's a lot going on for this game, but it just doesn't hit. It 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 feels like. Um, dc universe online to me which i know if i saw that now i'd be like oh that didn't age that well but like it kind of has it just it doesn't seem polished in the way that i want it to be and so i was like oh open beta and then they're like that's pretty much the game and i was like oh <laughs> that's a real roller coaster dude you just triggered some dcuo flashbacks for me i worked on that game for a few years so <laughs> i, I love so much of that game and that's then i fell off a, a lot of hours hard yeah, you probably rescued me and some of my DC coworkers from the hive uh, and Queen B uh, in some of the early levels. If oh, you were, cool. I think, what was it in the meta track? Oh, really? Track. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's very oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, oh man, the the stories I could tell you. <laughs> um, we'll have to have a separate podcast just for that. Oh, we could do that. I will say this: some of the best times I had in the voice booth were were on DC. Well, that game has a stellar cast. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember the, um, yeah, those emotes are fun. (laughs) Anyway, don't want to get distracted. No, I love it. I love it. Um, Christian, anything else on your playlist? No, I mean, it really has just been uh, Fortnite with friends and then not buying Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that been the game. biggest game. <laughs> game. Um, I want to talk about a game, uh, a small indie game that just came out that I actually talked about on the show, I guess, what, 400 years ago now when we could go to live events? Uh, it's, I don't remember how long ago. It was a PAX at some point where I saw uh, Looking for Heels which is a fun dungeon-crawling RPG-type action RPG where the whole point is you're playing the healer, the most unappreciated class in an MMO, and one you rarely find in a single-player experience (laughs) to play the healer. Uh, I love the fact that this game attempts to make that an entertaining uh, single-player experience. The idea is that you are going through these, these... dungeons these rooms of these dungeons and fighting things and getting money to buy upgrades and do cool stuff but you are collecting a group of fighters that you are leveling up uh, purchasing upgrades for uh that are sort of like your little pikmin almost they're they're little uh, little minions that you can tell to attack certain things and they have you know there's ranged attacks and uh melee attacks and there's magic users and all, all the variety of things you'd expect to find in a standard fantasy role-playing game action role-playing game uh and you have to keep them alive you can resurrect them you can heal them you can put force fields around them to protect them for short periods of time from burst damage Uh, all the things you would expect to find in an mmo on a healer you do here in an action uh more action paced experience uh and it's really charming and fun the game has got this I find it very cool pixel art look to it. That is, it's got some um, tilt shifted uh, shallow depth of field in that pixel art thing that I think really pops. It's lovely. And a lot of volumetric fog and, and smoke inside a, a pixel art uh, environment. And when you go inside buildings, it's almost like this 3D uh, storybook kind of pop-up book look to it. Very, very sharp, I think. Uh, a clever use of, of a low-fidelity art style. And, um, and the game itself is fun. It's, it's very fast-paced, so it's not, you know, it's not sitting around waiting for people to go down in health and healing them. You are spamming heals. And the game, as it is in any MMO when you're the healer, is a lot of, about managing your mana and making sure you're not running out of mana, your heals aren't on cooldown when they're needed, um, so in that sense, it recaptures a lot of what people who play healing classes and MMOs are already familiar with, but it does it, I think, faster, more kinetic, more like a, more like a Diablo, more like an action RPG kind of a dungeon crawl experience. And it's just different enough that I've been playing it quite a bit. I, I really like it. Um, it's called looking for heals. I think it's eight bucks right now. Um, I was sent a, a review copy, but, um, I think it's it's very inexpensive, and for that price, I I think you would find a lot of joy in it uh, if you gave it a shot. It's called Looking for Heels. I've been playing it on Steam. I just bought it. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I think you'll like it. I, I really uh, I've really been having some good times with it. It's a kind game. Like it's a game. I I, I love this. I, I've, yes. I've talked about this a bit, but like I. I 
I feel very passionately. <laughs> the game should be about more than killing people. Yes. Uh, there's so many. And actually, you know what? If you look at the original slate uh, that Skybound has, like when you see once we've revealed the like, there's over 10 games now that we've picked up uh, original games that we've acquired. Like it's a lot of stuff like this, <laughs> not, not like this game specifically, but it's a lot yeah. of stuff that's, it's less conventional gameplay. It's hard to get a shooter by us um, kind of thing. And, and this yeah. especially, I mean, I'm, I play healer classes in any game where there is one. That's my default role. Cause I just like, I, I'm better at that than shooting <laughs> generally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it can so be very fun. It can be very fun to play. Yeah. Oh, in battlefield in a, in a great, in a good battlefield game, playing, playing a meta class like is, is I find extremely rewarding and yeah. you do like you win the, the hearts of the rest of the team. Cause you're the one that picked them up. Uh, and there are games where that's all I do and I've killed no one and I feel wonderful. Uh, so yeah, this is cool for our, our listeners out there. I should also mention, um, the other games that I've been playing, which is um, putting money aside for later and investing in your children's 529 college fund. They are great. Um, they can be eight bucks to more, depending on what you want to do. So, you know, the earlier yeah. you get but, in. But, Jeff and I on. don't play that kind of game, yeah. man. What do you do? We're, we're yeah. instant set gratification. Come on. Uh, I bought four things while we were talking here. Come on. <laughs> get out of here with that nonsense, Christian. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, we also have some uh, some VR to talk about. So let's get to that right now in VR Talk. Sean, you have been playing a number of uh, VR games. It looks like it looks like you've got a, yourself in uh, an Oculus Quest 2, perhaps? I do. Yeah. Um, I have traded up now. I had a Quest 1 and a Rift and consolidated down to one Quest 2 uh, because the first time I tried the Quest 2 on in pass-through mode, I was like, well, this looks so much better than the Rift. I don't know why yeah. I have these satellites in my mounted in my, my office and I've run it all these wires and I never have any USBs available on my, my computer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Totally. It's plugged up with like seven for, <laughs> for the rift. Uh, so yeah, I, I love the quest too. Um, you know, I don't use Facebook much as a social platform, but I think, you know, what Oculus and Facebook have done is, is something that very few companies have the financial largesse to do which is fund a piece of technology that we should not have for two ninety nine, uh, And yet we do. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I, I get the sense that a lot more people are adopting VR as a result of the quest Two. at least my anecdotal evidence within my network is that people who were previously skeptical of VR uh, now, now own a headset. Um, yeah. It's easier to get people to try it. It's easier to get people to, to buy it. Um, you know what has actually worked on on my wife <laughs> is uh, Redfin in VR. Pretty Wait, darn the cool. Real estate app. Yes, there are a number of places you can do the 3D walkthrough of a property, oh. and you get in VR and you find. Uh, I mean, we just we my wife's on Redfin nonstop anyway. Uh, I mean, we're looking at maybe moving, but also she's on redfin anyway, anyway and yeah. it, it's like, i don't know if you saw that saturday night live uh song they did, sketch they did. Yeah. it's so funny yeah, yeah Zillow. <laughs> um anyway but you can get on there in vr in, in a oculus quest 
and uh, you one click on a property and you're inside it looking around, you, you know, go node to node, go up the stairs, walk around, look in the kitchen. It's pretty cool. And, and you feel the size of everything in a much right. more, you know, one-to-one way. Cool. Anyway, go, you the, we live in the future. We live in the future. We live in the future. Like, yeah. we don't, like I'm not, I don't know. I think the future yeah. looks kind of bleak. I'm really sorry for, <laughs> for our children. But yeah. no, uh, if you had told 12 year old me that I would be having that conversation with you, where I was like, yeah, I put my virtual reality headset on and I looked at a, a, a place I might want to live in someday. And it's like, that's just, yeah, complete sci-fi. It's, it's wild. It's wild. Um, well, I've been playing the climb Two. came out this month. Uh, so good, right? Real good. You know, the climb, yeah. it, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who does like real rock climbing. Um, cause I, I put my brother in line and he's like legit, like could do the, like, Oh, I'm hanging from two fingers and doing a pull oh, wow. up. Um, but it, it freaked him out because, <laughs> cause like the, the, uh, sense, uh, he knew what his body was supposed to feel like in that position and in that scenario. And he, he started to get real VR, like his VR sickness wow. kicked in badly. But, um, if you aren't already climbing, if you never will free solo, if, if like me, you're an arthritics, you know, late thirties <laughs> and, and it's just never going to happen for you, uh, get the climb too, because you can climb these, these structures and these outdoor environments. Um, it's all very beautiful, not nearly as beautiful as it would be running on a PC with a graphics card and, and all of that. Right. But, but as a quest to game or as a quest game, um, it's more than serviceable and it has a, it is the climb two. It's not necessary that you play the climb one uh to, to play this lost. it's it's do i go up the mountain ah, i really should have played the climb one <laughs> uh, well this is the fun thing sometimes you don't sometimes you gotta go across sometimes you That's gotta true. drop down there's well, I think one of the, daring leaps of faith right one of the best thing about the game is is how many options they give you to go up in every level it, it really is it's cool that way yeah you have more freedom more freedom. And I do think they've, uh, they've spent so much time optimizing these controls over the years, uh, because they did update the first game a lot and, and keep it in step, especially as new hardware came out. And I, I feel like this game, it's, it's much easier to, uh, forecast where you want to go and then jump to that, to the thing. Yeah. And, you know, there's still that last minute scramble to make sure you grab hold before you fall. And when you fall, it feels very real. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. first time, it's like, oh, it's a little Richie's Plank experience for you. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's really fun, and I've been using it as like a cool down for my Beat Saber workouts. Nice, because uh, I just like stretching and like moving very slowly and sloth like and methodical uh, versus the Beat Saber flail. So uh, you're not going for your PR up the mountain. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then yeah. Beat Saber, I'm super competitive in Beat Saber. Um, so I play a lot of, uh, a lot of expert plus, uh, tracks, uh, on like, like through the Rift version, through my modded, uh, PC, uh, Beat Saber. I don't put any of the hacks or mods on my Quest 2 version because I'm just like, Oculus is going to shut me down one day and I'm not going <laughs> to let that happen. I need this. I need this in my life. Uh, but. Uh, Beat Saber did put out, they put out um, original soundtrack volume four. Yeah. Uh, which has four tracks. So the lightest of their, of their updates uh, for the music so far, but they're really um, to give you like the capsule review of, of someone who loves Beat Saber. They're really pushing the envelope with each new content drop in terms of how like they need more tiers. 
Expert Plus doesn't reflect what some of these songs are asking you to do anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, like Expert Plus on a Camellia song is often like, just break your wrists. Yeah. Like the spin eternally is break your wrists action. <laughs> uh, and there are two types of Beat Saber players. Like there, there are players who, like me, are really going for an exercise component and working cardio. That means I'm really actually swinging my arms and doing yeah. bigger arcs and loops. And then there's the... You fiddle your hands around like real fast. You just look like you're playing just one little tippity drum. Like, you know, like, <laughs> ah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. On my rhythm, on my rhythm. Um, that's the, that's, that's the Beat Saber experience uh, for some people. And I think that that divide in the community is actually becoming really pronounced in the content drops because you see these things and it's like, I don't know who this is meant for, but I'm a Beat Saber person. This is not meant for me. Like, this is just <laughs> painful. This is just disgusting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But still, there's, I, there's good it's stuff still there. to me uh, the the killer app. Uh it you is. know, I, I I get I probably get two or three tweets a week from people who are like, Hey, I just got an Oculus Quest 2. What should what game should I get? Um and it, it's almost always, you know, we'll start with Beat Saber, Super Hot, Moss. Mm-hmm. Uh th- those are like, you know, my go-to standards, like you're gonna love this thing. Um have you played A Fisherman's Tale? No. I, I highly should. recommend that game. I, I think that game is super underrated, and it's one of my go-to recommends when people are like, tell me about a quest game that I don't know about. Uh, it's a puzzle game. Um, it's like that game Mosaic that was getting a little traction recently that just came mm-hmm. out, but it, way, way better in my opinion. Um, Where you're it's got turning gr- and adjusting the environment? Yes. So it's it, the idea is there's a model of the room you're in. Mm-hmm. And if you put something in the model, it becomes, it's like you put it in the room you're in at the size uh, ratio that you put it in. So there's all this fun size manipulation stuff, which is way better in VR than it is, yeah. you know, in VR does non-VR. scale. VR yes. does scale really, really well. Yeah. Like that's the, uh, so one of the things that I think, you know, is really, it's difficult to get across in a transition to a flat screen to just oh, completely. Like, like it's when so you much better when you, you look up and see the magnitude of something or the teeny tiny little diorama version of something in VR. It's just great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I highly recommend that one, uh, but I've been playing a game that I don't, I think it is available on quest. Maybe not. I've been playing it on a uh, PC on my index. Um, it just came out for index. They just, they just added support for the index controllers natively. Mm. Uh, it's called Right the Eye of Atlantis, and it is one of the most beautiful VR games I've played. Um, it is, I mean, it's not Half-Life Alex level, but it's <laughs> it's real pretty. Uh, and the idea is it's, it is a puzzle game, a uh, adventure style game, um, but mostly, mostly, you know, physical puzzles that you need to move through the environment, hearing the story. The idea is it's it's very much a riff on something similar to Assassin's Creed, where the beginning of the game you are using this technology to travel back into you know ancient times and living a life through somebody else's eyes. Um, so that's the that's the conceit, and then this is you're going to discover Atlantis and you're going to see the culture of Atlantis, but you have to get into it by solving all these puzzles, and the puzzles themselves I think uh, are a mixed bag, but the best of them are pretty darn good. And a lot of them are these um, sort of physical manipulation of 3d objects. So mm. the key, the way you open these doors, the, you know, 
unlocking major sections of a level are you walk up to them and you see this shape, this three-dimensional shape, and you have collected through solving different other puzzles or finding them or hidden around the world, uh, these geometric components. So like a cube or a pyramid or uh, a, a long cylinder. Um, and then you can, you can attach those to each other on any side and rotate them however you want. So it's all about cr- recreating that shape that is the keyhole with the shapes that you've got, the component okay. shapes you've got. So it's a pretty cool little method for, you know, introducing puzzles. And some of the shapes you go, I'm not really sure how I'm going to make that exactly. Uh, it's almost like a 3D version of those old, you know, IQ tests. Where it's yeah. like, make the bird out of yeah. a parallelogram and a square and a triangle. Um, so it's it, it's pretty good and, and very, very pretty game. I think the voiceover, the voice acting is is a little weak, but um, overall, uh, a, a pretty darn good game is called Right R Y T E, the Eye of Atlantis. Oh, I love, I love it. I love it. Like we're gonna, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get that magical SEO. I got it. We're gonna spell right. We're gonna do it with a Y and an E. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah, and yeah. the thing that I, I was looking at the game, it reminded me a bit, just in spirit of um, Eye of the Temple. Have you played that? Oh one? yeah. Very like Indiana Jones esque, standing yeah. on a platform. You're moving through an environment and solving different kinds of puzzles, though, than this one. It seems like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A little, you know, it's got some mist vibes too. But uh, yeah, the puzzles for the most part are very physical manipulation. You know, make something physical in front of you, which is I think works well in VR. Yeah, um, you know, take a gear, put it on a shaft, and rotate it. That kinds of stuff like that. The the game that. I'm, sp- I'm, I'm taking a vacation this week, which means I'll only be on Zoom for like one hour instead of 12 uh, <laughs> each day. But uh, but the thing that I really want to do, like as a real vacation where I'm not, I don't have obligations as a parent, would just be to like go somewhere with my quest and play Mist. Like I could oh, yeah. rent the, the cheapest, crappiest Airbnb <laughs> and just go with my quest to like have some food in the fridge and just Mist for like a week. I would do it. I would do it if it if it were available to me. Did you play Abduction? Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. In VR. Yeah. And and yeah, found so that good, team right? at GDC. And like went up to them <laughs> and like you guys. It's so good. I love, I'm a Miss guy. So like I really love this. <laughs> yeah. Just, really, you spoke to me. Like oh we're Miss guys too. Awesome. Oh that yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Early VR. Some Early VR. Yeah, but really well done. Cyan is the people that made that. I think. Yeah, Cyan yeah. is the, yeah. the the missed people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The creators missed. Yeah. While we're here, and this might just be my own ignorance, but we got former DC. Com- we got a comic book uh, trio here. Mm-hmm. Why the air bubbles to talk in Aquaman? What? <laughs> what? You know, like in Justice like you League. Said, while we're here, you mean like in Snyder's Justice League, where they got it? Yes. Yeah. They're because you can't talk underwater. What? But why not just let them talk underwater? What? See, I always thought that 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 Aquaman's ability to communicate with with sea life was part of a like a sort of a telepathic sweep. Yeah, that would be common across all Atlanteans in some capacity, and that yes. thus, you know, they would be able to produce speech you know, without speech. Instead, but I, they, they they squeak at each other, not in the air bubble, and they understand the squeaks. Like they have their own. Just give them a language and let them talk, and let me understand it. Also, 
I love that, swim. dude. I love the I love the create the air bubble to talk thing. I thought it was cool. It looks I cool. It I just so don't rad. get it. I just don't. It looks in, incredible. It looks incredible. I just don't get it, and I don't get how they propel themselves while swimming. Like, there's no propulsion well, mechanism. It's, it's it's flying, right? Yeah, it's the same. How thing does Superman, Superman fly? Yeah. Well, exactly. It's, it doesn't matter because it's pretend. Right. He puts put his way, tries real hard. I've, if you I've haven't put, watched uh, Invincible yet, uh, the first oh yeah, oh yeah, description of how flying works. Invincible is Invincible. Chef's kiss. Th- thank you for doing that. So, because I was gonna try, I was be like, if I don't plug it before the end of the show, I'm a bad person. Uh, I can't. How will I face Robert? Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, like, it, it's, it's great, Sean. It's, I'll it's tell so you, good. you'd face him on Thanksgiving at Comic Con, <laughs> <laughs> like like a good family member. I'll tell you what, Robert Kirkman values his family, so I'm, 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 I don't know. I don't want to say he's not going to be there because then watch, like like someone will back up a money truck and say, "Please, Robert, come." Yeah, but, and then uh, you'll be you'll be the one that insinuated that he doesn't care about his family. <laughs> yeah, no, my, well, my vacation will be interrupted by like Sean Wynn, director of communications. Like, why did you? say robert was not going to comic-con this year <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. why did you say you were not going this year john <laughs> yeah, takes yeah, his yeah. vr helmet off in the crappy little hotel he's in has to go to comic-con oh Wait, man um yeah anyway right. air bubbles well that know? was very good uh thing to talk about in the vr segment perfect perfect timing yes. christian it was um, an atlantis game it was an atlantis game that's oh why. atlantis is the tie-in yeah one, i see one thing i gotta say while before we leave the vr segment yeah, for all you Beat Saber multiplayer's out there that keep picking only Camellia songs, or like <laughs> only one Camellia song over and over, like why, like why, and why when I've beaten you in that song, I played the song you picked and I beat you. Why will you not play the BTS song I want to play? You selected <laughs> that you would be available to play multiplayer with all playlists, but apparently you didn't buy the BTS pack. I'm sorry, that's not my problem. You should Amazing. be playing Burning Up Fire with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hardcore Beat Saber player, Sean Kittleson. Beat, I'm, I'm a Beat Saber opponent. Like, Sean Kittleson. I'm, I'm tired of beating you with the songs you pick and then you not letting me ever pick a song. So oh, Baller. Baller. All right. Uh, let me thank our final sponsor, which is Liquid IV. Oh, what a perfect time to talk about Liquid IV. If you're playing Beat Saber, you need to be hydrated. Uh if you're anything like me, when you it's play true. Beat Saber, your wife gets concerned about how much sweat has come off of you. Uh, so hydrate. One of the things that I'm trying to do this this year in 2021 is correct all the wrongs of the <laughs> 2020 and <laughs> exercise way more. And uh, I've decided to adopt Liquid IV into my life. I'm drinking some Liquid IV right here. Mm, 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 mm. I do not care for flavored waters, generally speaking. Uh, but Liquid IV, I love the taste. The flavor is delicious. And it hydrates me much more than actual water would. It's, it's kind of amazing using something they call science. Liquid IV, in one stick of Liquid IV, 16 ounces of water, you get two to three times the amount of hydration as plain water. It's incredible. So you're actually hydrating yourself more. You're getting yourself more able to either recover from a workout or accomplish a workout. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. But guess what? Unlike other sports drinks you may be familiar with, no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. 
So you're not just juicing yourself up with a bunch of sugar, which is important. You don't want to do that. They have this cellular transport technology, CTT, which delivers the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. It delivers the nutrients right into your bloodstream. It's pretty cool. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. It's incredible. I really enjoy the taste. Like I said, that's the most important thing for me is that I like the flavors. And they have a bunch of different flavors. Uh, they've got um, they've got the acai. That's my favorite one. The, the acai uh, berry, I think they call it. Uh, they have strawberry. Uh, they have lemon lime. Uh, really like wonderful. Watermelon. Yeah, watermelon. It's so good. And you can get them. You can get them in bulk at Costco, which is pretty cool. Uh, nationwide, uh, all across the U.S., in Costco, you can do, um, you know, a giant amount of liquid IV alongside, you know, your giant amount of mayonnaise or whatever it is. Thousand packs of, you know, deodorant, whatever you need. Grab your strawberry liquid IV or other great flavors in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use promo code DLC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code DLC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code DLC. I got some breaking news. Um, Uh By the time people listen to this, that ship blocking the Suez Canal might be freed. It's partially freed now as we're recording. So all of our references and jokes to it, it's just, it'll be, that's, that's, it's old news. It's free. We did it. We did it. it. No one will remember it. I'm sure. (laughs) I also am very glad Christian that you are paying complete attention to the show. And not browsing. browsing Always paying complete attention to the show, which is why I'm excited to finally have a little bit of VR talk. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Sean Kittleson, it is so great to chat with you and find out about all the great things you are up to. But where can folks follow you on their own? I'm a mystery man. You can't find me anywhere. Uh, uh, I'm on Twitter sometimes, at Kittleson. uh, And uh, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Otherwise... Uh, stay tuned because uh, lots of fun stuff coming from Skybound Games. So yeah. check out Before Your Eyes, uh, April 8th, launching on Before Your Eyes. Yeah, so cool. Sounds like a really awesome one. I, You know, honestly, I wasn't going to admit it earlier, but now I'm going to admit it because we're, we're having fun. Uh, I When you were talking about it, I thought it was like a blinking thing in the context of the game's narrative. I didn't put together until you were talking about Dry Eye that you're literally, yes, it's literally your eyes that are blinking. There's been an extensive QA process involved in making sure the webcam compatibility and, and wow. testing that and all of that. So it's amazing. Uh, it's remarkable. You talk about things like that you give to your non-gamer friends and family. Like my wife was a play tester for it. And, uh, and, and it was one of the rare times where she was, she came out. She's like, that was cool. I was like, Oh, you like something that I, I worked with. That's all right. Great. That's so, great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Christian Spicer. What about you? What do you got going on this week? Yeah, I think my story of the week is probably these um, indie games. This ID at Xbox thing has done. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, you, you, you're worried about people uh, zoning out or uh, being over the 
the thing blocking the flow story <laughs> as you block the flow. I, I get it. Someone, someone listening in their car, it's like out, out like on a long drive is going to be like, wait, what? Like story of the week. What happened? Um, uh, this was maybe the last time. Go back my Kickstarter for my comic book consequences. You can find it linked on my Twitter. You can find a link to it on my website, christianspicer.com. You can go to kickstarter.com and search for my name or consequences there. Um, it ends on the 31st. That's the last day. So go go back it. I'm so excited to get this thing out in the world. Um, and it, it's coming along. So it, it, it means a lot to me. So hopefully you read the description there and you all are excited for it too. I do a newsletter usually send out two a month. You can find it at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And I stream this show live Sundays, usually around 7.15 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, where you can see, uh, see if you can see my eyes when I zone out. No, just <laughs> I cut away. <laughs> I cut away to the Jeff single cam. Oh, now, now who's there? What's Christian pinpoint doing? Pinpoint the moment. Pinpoint the moment when Christian what, just. What's Christian doing? You never know. Out. That's just Jeff single cam. You have no idea what Christian's doing. No oh, idea man. at all. You're never going to see. But, oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Spicer. Uh, the URL uh, hot slag. You can find it on my website, christianspicer.com, or go to kickstarter.com and go for consequences. Uh, yeah. Jeff, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. You can email us here at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And I got big news. The Dungeon Run is back this Wednesday, March 31st, 6 p.m. Pacific time. New location, Twitch. Twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run will also be on YouTube. We'll also be on the same RSS if you listen to the audio version of the show. But the story continues. The heroes of Bingle are back. I have created this, I think, I was going to say incredible. Let's toot my own horn. I think it's incredible. I've created this world this fantasy world uh, that these players inhabit and we're telling this epic tale. Uh, I urge you to give it a shot. I think you're going to like it. I really am very, very proud of what we've made. Uh, It is heartfelt. It is positive. It is family friendly. Uh, There's no harsh language. Um, It is, uh, it is something I'm really, really proud of and I'm so glad we're bringing it back. So check it out Wednesday night, 6 PM Pacific time, twitch.tv slash the Dungeon Run, or on YouTube uh, at The Dungeon Run there as well. Uh, you can also hear me talk about movies and TV shows on the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilmcast.com. We, we, we did our big uh, Justice League uh, episode. You should check that out. Um, I do a comedy science show with Anthony Carboni called We Have Concerns. You can find that at WeHaveConcerns.com. And the football show that I do called, uh, that's based on the fan-controlled football league, uh, the championship game has happened, but the show continues. We're getting ramped up for season two. So check that out Thursdays at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time, twitch.tv slash FCF. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Sean Kittleson, do you have something that can help people get through their week? That bumper. I love that bumper. That that That's, helps me get through my week. That is Sean Madigan and his lovely wife singing that bumper. They're fantastic. Good bumpers. There's a there's like a that thing you do quality to some of the bumpers that that uh, Fountains of Wayne 
uh, rest in peace, but, but much love fountains of Wayne. Um, my suggestions beyond fountains of Wayne, <laughs> listen to some of that. Uh, uh, I got two for you. Uh, I'll two, but I'll, I'll bundle it. Cause I want to see how far I can push a parting gift. We'll see. Uh, but I've been reading a lot. I, I, I've, I've, I've always read a lot, but I haven't read fiction in years, like maybe, maybe even a decade. <laughs> um, yeah. It's been, been a long time. I let a lot of time <laughs> pass, but I also told myself that as a writer, it would be irresponsible for me to read too much fiction, that I should be reading nonfiction and filling myself with information that I could then disseminate to the world through games like Mortal Kombat. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and finally just, uh, I had recommend, I've, Friends who are big readers, they recommended. Explains that section in Mortal Kombat where you talk about the War of eighteen twelve for fifteen yes. minutes. Yes, yes, no, the very, the very discursive section. <laughs> Jax, uh, Jax, like, what are you doing here? You won't believe what I just learned. Tell me now. <laughs> Injustice two, no joke. Like I pitched the plot of Injustice two to NetherRealm as like, okay, so Superman is Joseph Stalin, Batman is FDR. <laughs> And then up here, you got Brainiac. He's Hitler. They don't like each other, but they don't like that guy more. And everyone's just like, we get it. That's that's uh, that is about as simply as you could explain that story. Did you did you watch the Snyder Cut? I did. I did. It seems like where he was headed was like your stuff. I think I think uh, yeah, I think I think there was pretty cool. I think I think we were headed there. So, yeah, I mean, it's clearly not happening now. I mean, you never say never, but. Uh, kind of a cool thing. I was like, that's basically injustice is that they're hinting at. at the yeah, end there. They, like, like, yeah. Once you see like the fried Lois. <laughs> yeah. The spoilers. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there's some, uh, uh, I'm really glad we got the Snyder cut. I'll say also, that. can we talk about how you exist in the multiverse now as was injustice <laughs> Two exists in Superman and Lois? Like you are yeah, in yeah. canon. You're, that was a trip. That's so cool. <laughs> that was a trip. It's such a good <laughs> show there with Clark who's not caring about the show because he's already made it very clear to me that I'm, that's not my thing, dad. I'm a Marvel guy. Uh, but but <laughs> I like, sitting I like there and I'm like, look, look who made that game. And he goes, you dad, <laughs> you dad. I'm so much more impressed with myself than you are. So <laughs> it's so cool. you're in the multi, you're in that multi. I hope it's a good world. Cause you're it in is. that world. That's no, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I, I could have contributed to the game that, gave Superman's son the line, <laughs> Superman sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm playing as Raiden. I, I love that it was like they had him playing, not even playing another DC character, but just straight yeah. up like going to Raiden. Like DC is so late. Like, ah, uh, that, okay. uh, that was so fun. Um, all right. Bringing it back around. Parting books. gifts. Books. Yes. Uh, books. Um, uh, some friends of mine on like a drink and Zoom uh, recommended Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. It's it's about um, uh, let's say it, think of uh, if Starship Troopers if if instead of taking place from our perspective and the bugs invading our planet, what if you thought of that from the perspective of humans invading the bugs planet and you were sympathetic to the bugs and the bugs were super intelligent spiders? Um, which sounds like well that just sounds like Crane Ann or Poo Poo Pants, but. Uh, <laughs> It is, it is so, it is, it is hard sci-fi. So it is written, you know, with, with a lot of like background research and biology and uh, uh, space travel and all of that stuff. Um, it is, it is a beautiful book in terms of the themes and the humanism that comes through and the sum of it um, that kicked off this, like, Oh, I got to go on a streak. And so I've been devouring novels this year. Um, 
and I can recommend everything I've read so far. So I've read Children of Time and its sequel, Children of Ruin by Adrian Tchaikovsky. I've read Three Body Problem Book One by Xixin Liu, uh, which is uh, fantastic. I can't. I read that book in four days. Can't wait to to read the next two books in the se- the 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 series. Uh, Blade itself by Joe Abercrombie, which is also first in uh, the First Law trilogy, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then Seven Eves by Neil Stevenson, which is a monster of a book. Yeah. Uh, was recommended me but to me by by John Morgan, uh, my former boss at DC, who's like an amazing book and lit editor. He's the editor that discovered Charlene Harris and the Sicky Stackhouse books that became True Blood back in the day. Wow. So when he recommends a book to me, I I, I I take it seriously. And I look at this one, it's like over 800 pages. I'm like, man, yeah. it'll be a beast. I loved it. I loved it. Something about stories of science fiction and fantasy and the bleakest of times in humanity and, and people pulling through and, and, and showing like the value of, of their integrity and their grit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that feels relevant to me. In <laughs> There's something about it that's appealing. Uh, and then if you don't want to read about the fall of humanity and, and how we're all going to die alone in space on an asteroid, many light years away, um, check out brave girls rolling which is the K-pop comeback story of the year so far. Uh, I will set the stage as I'm going to assume a lot of people here, maybe not K-pop fans. Uh, K-pop is a young person's game. <laughs> we we can all, can all understand this. Uh, and, and so you age out much like a Starcraft player in your mid twenties. You're just old. You're, you're, yeah. you're aging Washed out. Up. It's, it's yeah. the Menudo model. Like it's that you, it they're is. constantly churning. They have, literally have, factories or schools that they get new people in old people go away yes well and there's you know look the performance schedules and the the demanding choreography that they do you can't do that past a certain age you will you like inevitably you'll injure a hamstring or an, an, uh, an ankle or something will will get jacked up and you won't be able to move that fast that crisply that often uh over and over night after night uh so there's a, a group called the brave girls they're kind of a throwback now. Like they don't have like the newest, most current and contemporary sound. They've been through some, some lineup changes. Uh, and they released a song last year. Like nobody cared. It got like 10,000, you know, views here, 10,000 streams there, which is like nothing in, in K-pop, which is getting like millions and in some cases, billions of views on things. Yeah. And, uh, and they've been at it for a while. And so the, the brave girls were going to hang it up. The brave girls were done. But then the South Korean military uh, got behind them in a way that like no one ever expected, where someone made a video cutting together their single Brave Girl single from four years ago, Roland. They cut together their performances with fan chants from the South Korean military from like, you know, the South Korean equivalent of a USO show. Uh, uh, and this viral video captured the hearts and minds of K-pop fans around the world, but especially in Korea where the things that are globally popular are not always the same things that are popular in, 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 in the homeland. Uh, Brave Girls Rollin' has made a comeback and is now they're going on the music competition shows <laughs> with the wow. new, the new songs and the young kids and they've won and they've achieved perfect all kills, which is like where you've, you've topped every single chart of the Korean download and streaming charts. And so they've all come out and it is that feel good story where you get to see someone who is winning or accepting an award 
And it's not just a like, thank you. I've been on this promo tour and I'm so excited to be here. It's a, you see the real emotion and the breakdown of just someone being like, I thought it was over and I wasn't (laughs) ever going to do this. And now it's here. And it is so wonderful. And the last time that I was on the show, we talked about Eurovision uh, yeah. The fire saga story, and and I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening in real life. Like the brave girls <laughs> are are. It is a movie. So anyway, if you if you need to know that good things can still happen even when you think you're a washed up twenty four year old, <laughs> that that it can still happen for you. Uh, brave girls it. is proof. Amazing, brave girls. This uh, is what I think about. Yeah, no, it's, just, it's cool. I, I, I love it. I, it's a world that I know nothing about, and I love that you've just educated me. It's amazing. I'm fascinated uh, by performance. Like, yeah. I, I think everyone is, right? Like, that's why you're sure. in sports. I don't know anything about sports ball, but it's the idea of, like, wow, people pushing themselves to perform, especially in the arts, always been fascinating to me. So, yeah, uh, yeah next, next time I'll come back with, like, an Argentine folk act or something. We'll I, see. Love it. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Now you're on the hook. You got to do it. Uh, <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Well, I will say first, Sean, uh, that will never work as a movie. No story about uh, a <laughs> <laughs> band coming back, but never, ever work. Um, I will say this, and I've said it to his face many times, but he refuses to mention it on the show. Go buy Heart Attack Volume 1 at Sean's comic, most recent comic uh, from oh, Image and Skybound. It's very good. And I mostly say that. Because now that I've said that, in two days from now, I can text Sean and be like, hey, send me any treatments for volume two. Because <laughs> I, I need to yes. know what happens. It's such yes. a good book. Um, Thank you. It's really, really, really good. Um, heavier than maybe it would have been heavier. any other year it came out. But it it's it, it hits heavy. Um, my other, just like in the comic archives, especially if you're a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, um, go read all the X-Force books. I feel like X-Force often doesn't get discussed um, even X Factor gets discussed a little bit more because it brought back the original X Men for a time, and X Force now, the more modern run, is kind of like the CIA slash Wetworks of mutant kind. Where I think this is still the current lineup. It's like Wolverine is like is it Wolverine and Cable are out cutting up, or maybe Domino, and then like Gene is back, and it's like this is kind of split between like comms and ops and it has like this 24 feel of like you see what's going on in the field and things are getting dirty and how the plan was supposed to go uh the lineups changed tons over the years i really i think you'll be happy if you pick any run but the recent x4 stuff is really really fun and i don't think it gets uh the attention the other x books do cool x force x force uh mine is a new stand-up special on netflix um my parting gift uh, it's from one of my very favorite stand-ups, Nate Bargatze, who is brilliant, hilarious, and clean. Very, very difficult to find a stand-up these days that just doesn't work blue. It doesn't. He doesn't curse. It, it's like you could watch it with any age person, and it's still hilarious, side-splitting, face-hurting at the end of it. Wait, is funny. this for real? Yeah, Nate's, yeah. Nate's, Nate's fantastic. Nate he is, is so I've never checked good. him out. Oh, dude, he has three, I think, three specials now. Uh, his newest one is called The Greatest Average American. Uh, he's a Southern guy, lives in Tennessee. He's got this slow, kind of understated delivery. It is so funny. He just tells stories, which has always been my favorite kind of stand-up. Um, and he, this newest one, 
dude is so so funny i can't recommend it high enough the greatest american greatest average american on netflix check it out if you want to laugh um we got a listener suggested parting gift this was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com this comes to us from michael who says please tell all longtime listeners about what garnett lee of weekend confirmed fame is up to his new show, Games, Potatoes, and Spatulas, is broadcasted live at Twitch together with uh, Jonas Antonsen. I hope I pronounced that even close to right. Uh, the CEO of Raw Fury Games, which is where uh, Garnet is working these days over there in, uh, uh, what, Sweden? Switzerland? Where is he working? Christian, where is it? Switzerland? Uh, you're going to put me on the spot with picking a country out of the hat, uh, but I don't know yeah. what it is. I'm going to say uh, Sweden. Countries become gone remote. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say Sweden as I furiously Google. I think it's anyway, uh, it's a podcast. You can you can get it as a podcast as well. Of course, Garnet uh, is our friend. Um, um, many years I did Weekend Confirmed with him. Christian was a frequent guest on that show as well. Uh, but now he's doing games, potatoes, and spatulas. So it's wonderful to see him back behind the microphone. Our buddy Garnet Lee. Thank you, Michael. Sweden. I was right. Is, is that said. a play on on hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades? Perhaps. I have a feeling they. I have a feeling they talk about cooking. I don't know what potatoes might be, but I uh, mean, potato mode is when you just turn it like you turn yeah. all the settings off on a game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have not checked it out yet. I'm going to have to listen to his podcast. Uh, um, I'm glad he's he's doing stuff again. I miss that guy. Miss my friend Garnet. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Oh, by the way, if you want to have your parting gift on the show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We'd love to get your parting gift, whatever you're into, whatever parting gift you have for the for the rest of the audience, please let us know, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. But that's going to do it for this episode. It has been so much fun. Uh, I want to thank Sean Kittleson and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. Thank you to our live audience watching the video version. We appreciate you hanging out with us, making the show better in real time. Thank you. And all of you who download the show and listen to us, thank you as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.